0: Welcome to another edition of the Jungle Juice podcast. Sam Gormley here with you today. And as we mentioned last week, if you were on the show and listening, our trusty sidekick, one Mick Nelson, has uh, more important things, I guess is what he describes, is to, to deal with this week than to deal with, I can't say more you, more just me probably in general. Any chance he can get to not hang out with me, he's going to take the opportunity. So what we're going to do is we're gonna dive into our deep guest, our 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 friend pool, our our group that we're gonna pull to at times throughout this off season, especially because listen, there's only so much that Mick and I can talk about when it comes to the off season and give our takes. So without that, we're just gonna, without further ado, we will bring in, I love the line that it comes out with, our good friend and we hope yours. Admin as well of the Hootay Nation Facebook group. It is one Mr. Alex Schubert. And let's see and try if we can do this. Okay, that's not what I wanted, but we'll figure it out at some point. Alex, we appreciate you taking the time to join in. We've been wanting to do this forever, but luckily it's finally coming true.
1: You know, I got to be honest, Sam. I thought I was going to be on Lockdown Bengals, but I'll take this instead. You know, Do, Do I not look like James Rapine? You do not look like James Rapine. I got kind of more like in-between like in Rapine and Lisco kind of vibes.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I feel like I'm more of the Paul Daner Jr. with hair. Does that work?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, uh, Megan, we appreciate
0: name. you joining in. Uh, yes, you can finally put a face to the name. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or not, Megan, but uh, it's going to be great. Think... Alex is one yes. of the admins of the Houdé Nation Facebook page. He's also the host of FU. We like the Bengals, a podcast as well. Correct. You usually yep. go only during the season, correct? But how, um, how to, can people find that as well?
1: Uh, so we usually go, like, every week during the season, and then we are supposed to do off-season episodes last year, but things kind of – like, my co-host Lloyd and I, we just kind of struggled to schedule it. But we're going to do, like, off-season episodes. We're going to have, like, guests on. We're just going to, like, talk and just um, – same uh uh, (laughs) no um man i'm gonna get
0: yelled at a lot in this (laughs) thread we usually do as well uh we i mean we've already had haters and everything that have popped in so it's it's usually a lot of fun that we get to have
1: oh yeah i have uh so we get reports in from like posts of people like like hey don't don't allow this your podcast has been reported
0: multiple times. Yes, people don't like us. Uh, I, I, I blame Mick primarily just because, like I said, Mick, we've been doing this podcast now since about early August, I think is when we yes. began it, late July, early August, something like that. Yeah. And Mick still wins for having the worst take of the podcast so far. And I'm just glad that he holds Ooh. he holds that, as he said, uh, that he thought the Baltimore Ravens were going to be the primary regression candidate in the AFC North. And uh, turns Ooh. out, uh, then again, we, we both have had some pretty awful takes throughout this time. And we're I'm sure if we're, be, if we're being honest, Alex, on this podcast today, we're going we're to be predicting and talking about the offseason. We're probably going to have some pretty awful takes between the two of us as well.
1: Yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't work for the Bengals. Like, I've had multiple people comment on threads as if i'm the gm of
0: the Bengals. i always love that when people think like just because somebody is an admin of a facebook page or, or a group or heck even journalists like they don't know yeah. everything and, and most of them would admit that to you now listen they're great resources when it comes to it but most of them are just they're they're trying to figure it out as much as we are but that's like, kind of what like, makes repeat- it fun in a lot of ways too
1: like when people comment on like a, a Twitter, like a Bengals Twitter post, like it's just a bunch of like 24 year old social media interns. They don't know anything about, they, they have no pull on transactions. No, they, can't just, no. they just can't be like, Hey, uh, yeah, uh, Jake from Middletown wants us to get Justin Jefferson. So do you think we can call him on the phone just to appease this guy from Middletown?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, cause one of these days it'll actually work. You know, and and I'm sure that, you know, Mike Brown one day or Duke Tobin's going to walk into the social media intern's office and be like, hey, you remember that one guy that keeps tweeting us about that one thing? What did he want again? Justin Jefferson. Well, great. We're going to go make that trade now. We are actually
1: officially, because of our Twitter mentions and because of our social medias, Tuesdays officially are for tea. (laughs) If you know,
0: you know, right? If you if you you know, you know. Uh, we appreciate you for tuning in to today's pod, though. Uh, we are weekly, of course. You can follow us on our Facebook page, Jungle Juice. We are on uh, YouTube. We're on Twitter, at Jungle Juice Pod, or X, or whatever we're calling it these days. I can't even keep track. But if you're into that, it's Twitter. It'll always be Twitter to me. That's how I yep. speak from the heart. No um, one says can... X. No, no. No one does that at all. Uh, and then we're also on every single Podcast platform. We're on Facebook. We're on you know Spotify, iTunes, and Alex Mick and I always like to shout out the country that listened to our previous week and shout out to Ooh. Hong Kong and Hong our listener from Kong. Hong Kong. Uh, we've had Belgium, we've had Sweden, we've had France, but we've never breached into Asia. So luckily, our takes have gotten us to Hong Kong. So shout out to our all across
1: the Kong. world. You you're you're in mixed bad takes.
0: We are making it something like that uh coming up on the show today though we're gonna have our top 10 questions of the offseason we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs as well but first we want to hit up our our uh top stories of the week yes and for us really i mean throughout the season this is really easy to do because we're talking about injuries we're talking about this we're talking about that but right now we're kind of in the dead period for Bengals because everybody's home there's not going to be any free agent signings really you know there's not going to be any cuts there's not going to be any contracts there's not going to be any draft picks there's no visits it's really just waiting until the season ends and then you know free agency begins in early march yep but what it is is coaching search season and brian callahan has been a busy man we should say yes he has as he I, earlier today, or I guess late last night, he did officially become the longest tenured offensive coordinator in the NFL after That's Pete Carmichael was fired in New Orleans. Now, we're going to come back to that Pete Carmichael in New Orleans in just a little bit. We'll call that, like, foreshadowing. But, okay, you ready for these lists here of, of everything Brian Callahan's done this past week and coming up this week? Because it's lengthy. Man's been He's earned busy. a lot of miles. He is. Officially interviewed with the Chargers on Tuesday. He interviewed with the Titans and Falcons Friday, Saturday, last week. He is expected to interview with the Panthers tomorrow. And then he's having a second interview with the Titans next week. Which
1: is an in-person interview, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Correct. Because almost all of these have all apparently been virtual. But the Titans are bringing him in person. Which, I mean, for me, if I'm Brian Callahan, you know, you're looking at this. I I saw some, I think, ESPN today tried to assign the best candidate for each job or something yeah. like that. And they they signed him to the Panthers. And I was like, please, like of all places, like that's not the one I'd want to go. The Titans, though, would be kind of an interesting scenario for him. He's got a young quarterback there in Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kentucky. Yeah. Um he's he's got a solid defense and he's got an atrocious offensive line. So he's used to that.
1: And well he also has a receiver core that's like either well he's got the aging deandre hopkins then he has Traylon burks who so far has not really lived up to his potential whatsoever nick westbrook akina which by the way you remember who Traylon burks was traded in a one-for-one deal you remember who the other receiver was in that one-for-one deal was it was it was that the aj brown getting that it was the aj brown trade
0: i don't think that worked out great did it
1: Uh, not really (laughs) well actually it didn't work out for the eagles either last week i mean it got into the super bowl last year but like this year, I mean, he's been. I mean, he was on a tear this year, but then he just kind of fell off a lot.
0: Well, so did the entire team, though. If we're being honest,
1: yeah, <laughs> everybody I, I, in I,
0: Philadelphia. I, 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 still would love to know what happened because I, I don't know. That it's just. I'm not like, gonna lie, I,
1: man. I, uh, I did put 25 on the Bucks to win against the Eagles.
0: I, I did. Uh, when, in my betting, I specifically stayed away from the spread and the and you know and the money lines and everything, just because I'm like. The Eagles are too good to continuously do this, but yet I can't. paper. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying is it's like at some point, though, it's like, my, I mean, like, do, do you yeah. do what you did? And I was but I knew that the minute I went in and put the bucks, we'd see Eagles from last year and they'd roll. And I'd be like, well, now look at me. You know, I just I put money on the Bucks, and they lost by 30. Uh, they because failed. The push push. They did, which was pretty much the point of showing you but then again they ran right at vita vea which is yeah probably not the the greatest way to do that never so that's that's the brian callahan uh news yeah. he's interviewing i i think here's the thing i'd be surprised to see brian callahan not get one of these jobs
1: yeah because i remember like lou anaruma was like interviewing everywhere and i think like arizona was a big target like arizona was targeting him and then he said it's like the eric b enemy thing like eric b enemy it seemed is brought up as like a Head coaching candidate, like every single year, and he just ends up not getting a job. So, like, like he transferred from Kansas City to Washington, and he did. I mean, he. I mean, despite Washington's record, the enemy did okay. Like the Sam Howell was able to pass, and oh, Tush put no, the Tush push was a uh, four and three, to, wasn't it? No, it was a, a two point conversion attempt.
0: That's right. So, yep
1: the. The Bucks got called for an offsides, so that gave the Eagles like a two-point conversion on the one-yard line, and they couldn't and they couldn't convert it.
0: Wild, wild! Yeah, that's that, insane. that continuously does happen. Wait, but what were we talking he, about? I'm sorry. The B- Brian Callahan and yes. and his potential of leaving. Now, if he does leave, which I do expect him to potentially get one of these jobs, whether it's yep. Tennessee, whether it's Carolina whether it's Los Angeles, you know, one of these jobs, I can see a team taking a shot at him. I know I was, was listening today to somebody that I know that's a Titans fan. And they said that they're Titans insiders, which I don't particularly follow. Obviously uh, they've been all in on saying Ryan Callahan's more than likely the, uh, the next guy it, it is kind of the thing down there in Tennessee. I'm trying was, to get that uh, offensive guy to pair with, with Will Levis.
1: It's, it's just like the Sean McVay type where it's like, Brian Callahan's like the young offensive – he's what, 38 or something like that? Something like that, yeah. He's young guy. Young guy, young offensive coordinator. He's had this incredible offense for the last three – like, even with their aggression this year, like, when the Bengals were good, they were
0: elite this year.
1: I mean, we saw – I, so,
0: I read the on. stat or heard the stat that I think the Bengals had – jamar chase t higgins and joe burrow on the field at the same time for something like 125 snaps this year
1: yeah that's nice And if
0: you just took those 125 steps or, or snaps they'd have been the number one offense in the nfl
1: oh yeah and next it, year they uh
0: um uh, tim we're going to come back to this question here a little bit yeah I can give absolutely. A shout out to, to my good friend roger here shout out to roger for for watching us here, even though Roger, we're still on team Twitter. We're not saying quite X. We're not, we're not quite on on that board yet, but I think to go back to Tim's question here, if, if Brian Callahan goes to be the head coach, who's going to be the offensive coordinator? I'd be shocked if it's not Dan pitcher. That's what I'm thinking too. However, today it was announced that Dan pitcher is interviewing for the saints offensive coordinator job. We mentioned Pete Carmichael a few minutes ago. He's going to be interviewing for that. Now this kind of runs into the interesting story with that is how long does he wait for Brian Callahan to get a job? Does he wait? Like how does all of this kind of mesh together in, in, in in everything that's going to happen with this? I think, well, it's,
1: it's literally just an interview. So like, we won't know anything until, uh, until Callahan gets a job until pitcher maybe gets a job. I will say, if we lose Callahan and Dan Pitcher in the same off season, that would kind
0: of suck. Yeah. Now, see what would then happen? At least my prediction is they get Joe Brady. No, I'm kidding. For one, yeah, got to get the, the, that the, LSU. Yes. So here's, here's the thing Clyde with Joe Brady: uh,
1: Now for for that I George actually
0: Jefferson. now, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I really do think could be a legitimate free agent candidate that they could grab this off season. Uh, On a cheap deal, I could see that for like a one-year prove-it for him to go back with Burrow, I think they could get. But that that could be a conversation here for later. Uh, The biggest thing with with Joe Brady is is he's the offensive coordinator for the Bills, which means that the only way that the Bengals can theoretically get him is there's two ways. Hire him as their head coach, which is not happening. Or two is ask permission from the Bills to hire them as their offensive coordinator. And guess what the Bills are going to say to that? No. No. And why would they? Get out of here. Yes. So I think if Dan Pitcher would leave, like let's say Dan Pitcher gets offered to this, the Saints offensive coordinator job. He interviews for them tomorrow and they're like, this guy's awesome. We're offering you the job right away. Again, probably not going to happen. And he says, okay, I'm going to take it. And then in two weeks, Brian Callahan leaves for any of these jobs. Then we to also... me, you would see Troy Walters, who's the ride receivers coach, then probably get promoted to the offensive coordinator position.
1: I mean, I'm going to go crazier and this might be an off take for me, but like I have to like, I was thinking about how Zach Taylor was the QB coach for the Rams. And then he was head coach for the Bengals. I mean, this is like probably not going to happen. What, if what if pitcher gets like a head coaching offer?
0: It's possible. I mean, he's not been interviewed for any of those. And I don't know that that's necessarily most teams aren't the Bengals and willing to take a quarterback coach as their head coach. Now it's paid off for yeah. the Bengals, obviously. But uh, Tim asked a question too, did Luke get any interviews? As of right now, Lou has not gotten any interviews to be head coach, and I, I would be shocked to see if he would. Yeah. I I mean the defensive the defense regressed this season. Now, how much yeah. of the fault is that him? And how much of the fault is losing both your safeties and having a really, really young secondary because of it? That's a discussion potentially for another day. Yes. But I I, I think because of that, though, he's not going to be getting any interviews. No I'd be surprised because so, like, the
1: least Bengals least. gave up the Bengals gave up the second most yards in the NFL Washington was like right there the whole year. We were just right with Washington the whole year, and then I mean Washington ended up taking the title but like the Bengals struggled with the big play they struggled with a really young secondary. I think the secondary can improve with experience. I don't think there's a need to like draft another player for the secondary in the first round because we already have we've already invested it like a third round pick in battle, second round pick in Turner, second round pick in Cam Taylor Britt, uh, first round pick in Dax Hill. Like we've already invested like several draft picks in these players. I think they just need experience and they need time to grow together.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's, it's hard hard to disagree with any of that. Let's switch gears here and let's move into our top 10 offensive questions, offseason questions. Did you, were, were you trying to sign something to me like you had another point that you wanted we to make? We are or...
1: switching gears, baby. Oh,
0: switching gears. I didn't know if that was some sort of like sign language thing or something that you were trying to tell me that you had another <laughs> point that you wanted to make or, no. or what you were you were quite doing. You were just saying switching gears, which works. Uh, because I think Megan, that there's... you're right. Yes. There are multiple questions that you could look at with this offseason. In fact, Mick and I talked about a couple of weeks ago some of those questions and listen some of them were were already answered and some of them are being answered so we're going to revisit a couple of those but we're also going to dive into some new ones Alex and I and we're going to spend just a couple of minutes on each one of these questions that we have and maybe you at home have a question for us as well that you think that we might be able to drop uh these are in no particular order but Alex we'll we'll just start off here on the first one listed on our sheet here yep will the Bengals re-sign DJ Reader my answer is in a
1: perfect world yes because i was talking to uh literally uh about an uh, hour ago uh, a friend of the pod harrison butler about this because i am currently at my uh, home comedy club go bananas uh, and he was here too but i was talking to them about this like we have the sixth most cap space in the nfl right now we have like some like 68 million dollars And Lou Anaromo clearly wants him back. So I don't see why they wouldn't. And a lot of, I think a lot of our fans are kind of panicking right now. They're, they're, we're kind of assuming that like every player that's going into free agency, like Lou or uh, DJ Reader, Higgins, Boyd, Awuzie, Jonah Williams. Oh, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, where they're panicking as if we're going to lose every single one of them. That's not true. We have so much money to spend right now. So I think, um, I mean, I know DJ Reader had his uh, his quad injury, but I've also seen players rehab from injuries consistently, like way ahead of schedule. Like Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles and potentially was going to return at the end of the year. That's insane. I
0: I do find this interesting here, Alex, more so just apparently our Facebook page is commenting to us. It has a mind of its own right now, and that's a little worrisome. I I don't know if this is Mick trying to talk to us through the page, either that or we may have a spammer, Jungle Juice page. Maybe it's a fake page or something, which I know we've had. Uh, but I think for me, the DJ Reader, I, I, the injury is the biggest question. And I know yeah. Mick and I have talked about this a lot over these last couple of weeks, is that injury, in a way, for the Bengals, getting him back might have been the best thing that could have happened. Now, for, for DJ yeah, Reader... It was the worst thing that could happen because I know that, you know, spot Track has has been promoting him. Um, yeah, I mean, this is true. This is this is very true. Mick and spam are synonymous. That, that is, <laughs> that is an, an accurate, an accurate point. But, you know, they were projecting him to make about 18 million dollars a year. Can the Bengals afford to drop you know three years paying that eighteen mil a year when the Burrow contract is getting ready to come? You've got to pay Chase. Yeah, you might have to pay T and so on. It's a question to ask, and 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 I don't know that I necessarily know the answer to it. But I think because of the injury and him not necessarily being ready week one, I think it makes it more likely that you could see them bring him back on a one year, eight million dollars or something. I'm not deal. opposed to that at all. And and let's say DJ, let's run it back. Let's go and and let's roll.
1: I think there's also like if they don't re-sign him, like Chris Jones is out there for for the truth which I get, sure, but like Orlando, I mean Orlando Brown came over from last year, but like um, I think Lou wants to keep Reader. I think he said this even after the injury, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Like, he's such a he's such a cornerstone of the defense, and because like, like the moment like. The moment Lou lost, Reader, it's like the running, the rush defense went from bad to just miserable the rest of the year. So I think, like, because it was like B.J. Hill and Josh Tubo kind of filling in, and and um, did that make you want to vomit a little bit, saying Chiefs? A uh, little, a little bit, uh-huh. yeah.
0: I know Paul Daner Jr. on here that podcast growling. He he did an interesting defensive line name. It was Justin Matabike? OK, stealing him from the Ravens, kind of in that same realm of being a name. And I was like, "Ooh, now that I that I kind of like. Uh,
1: I haven't taken too much of a look at the defensive line. Yeah. I've been kind of uh, I've been kind of look at. There you go, Megan. Um, I've been kind of looking more at like the wide receivers, some of the safeties, because I, I do think if Boyd leaves, uh, wouldn't mind Daquan Jones coming in. I wouldn't mind that either on a one to no. your deal. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is out there. I could block Um
0: Yeah, I mean, and these are names that we can discuss, too, over these next couple of weeks as well. Yes. Uh, how about let's let's push over to this next question, because I think Tim Tim brought up the point here with this. Is It's a two-part question. I know it's one Mick and I have talked a lot about, but Alex, I'm curious on your opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, Josh is giving you uh, points, too, on, on how to do this. I don't know if you'll be able to do this in mid.
1: Damn it. Oh, I flipped my camera.
0: Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! I, I guess just... Oh my! This is this is I'm this excited. is not. <laughs> what will the Bengals do with T. Higgins? Is the first part of the question, but then the second part of the question, Alex, is what <laughs> should the Bengals do with T. Higgins?
1: Um, I uh, and it very well
0: could what, be the same answer.
1: What I think they should do is turn his phone sideways, and um. No, uh, like the way that like the way Zach Taylor's consistently talked about T. Higgins, the way he's consistent, like the way Burroughs talked about T. Higgins, neither of them are, are like both of them are insistent on him saying they're both like he's such a critical part of the offense. He's so critical for what we do. Like they've consistently just hung the phone up every time someone comes in with a trade offer. They have no they've they've never shown any interest in letting him go. So my prediction is they franchise tag him because it's going to cost what like a little bit north of twenty one million,
0: yeah, twenty one mil, give or take.
1: Like they've refused to trim. So my prediction is they franchise tag him, and I got to figure out how to turn my phone sideways.
0: Uh, One thing that might be the potential is: do you have it on? Do you have your portrait lock on or your uh, rotating lock? Yep, there it is. That might be. That might be. Would oh, look at this! Oh my goodness! Look at us go! There we go. go.
1: We figured uh, it out. Look at
0: us go there. there Teamwork. Go. Now, that's what you think they'll do. And I agree completely. You're Duke Tobin. What do you do?
1: If I'm Duke Tobin, okay, so, and this is just me as a fan talking. Thank you, Megan. Um, <laughs> uh, me as a fan talking, I, might, I am running on the assumption that the Bengals are going <laughs> Screw you, Mac. Um, modern problems require modern solutions. Um, if I'm because I'm really on the assumption as a fan that the Bengals are going all in next year to try to win the Super Bowl. Especially I mean, especially since it's new in New Orleans. You gotta bring Joe back to his hometown. So or not to his hometown, to his college town. Where where Jamar's he played hometown. college. Football. And Jamar's hometown too.
0: Um and Moss' hometown. Oh no. Right when he mentions Thad Moss, he goes away. What? what? <laughs> right when you mentioned Thad Moss, you disappear. Is it, it? Did you? Yeah.
1: Excited? Yes, I got very excited. And kind of, I, I kind of got excited. Um, but I'm like I saw, I'm running on the assumption that the Bengals are going all in next year. They're going to do everything they can to win the Super Bowl. Yes, the NFL is scripted. We've been over this. I'm actually a scriptwriter for the NFL. But I'm running on the assumption that the Bengals are going all in. They're going to sign. I, I hope they franchise T. I hope they sign Reader to maybe like a prove-it deal, like a one-year deal. And then after that, I'm not sure. But since those are the two players we're addressing, I'm going to say sign Reader to a one-year deal, franchise tag T, and see what happens after that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the best move, is you're franchise tagging T. Higgins. But I think you're kind of, when you do this, you're, you're, you're putting him on the platter, a little bit. Yeah. And you're saying I'm more willing to listen today than I was one year ago. Now, with that being said, you're going to have to impress me with a trade for a tag and trade. Yep. But I'm not, but I'm, ai will at least, cause I think the Bengals last time, you know, when somebody called them about this with T Higgins, I think it was one of those. that was immediately like, no, like, nope, nope. Decline. We're not talking to you now. Yeah. I think they, they should at least answer the phone call, and say, hey, what are you offering? Now, will they? I don't know. But I at least think that that's what they should do for this. Uh, Next question. You mentioned it a little bit ago uh, when you were talking about the Washington defense. And one of the reasons the Washington defense and the Bengals defense were as bad as they were were explosive plays and giving them up. I know Mick and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well. And I think the Bengals gave up something like 130 plays of 20 yards or more this season, which that is, is absurdly bad. Absurdly yeah. bad. Can that be fixed in one off season?
1: I, I or think, was it a fluke? I think, I don't think fixed is a good term. Oh yes, we did have critical injuries. Like, he lost Cam Taylor Britt for a bit. We had Nick Scott healthy for the first half of the season. Like we had such bad health situations up and down. Um, I don't know if fixed is the right word. Cause like no one's like every team gives up big plays every now and then. I think Let's it say can improve. Drastically improved. I think it can improve because you got battle coming in his first time. First year as a full, first year as a full, full-time starter. And you got Cam taylor Brick coming back. I don't know. Like, I think Dax Hill is the wild card of the secondary.
0: Yeah, I think um, you're exactly right. You're exactly right because I, I I don't know what to think about Dax Hill. He had a not good season. I mean, he had just- an, It was up and
1: down for me. Like he had, he had flashed with like, oh, this guy's like a good player, but like he's kind of like a Kroger brand Jamal Adams for me. Where it's like, he kind of has like a similar, like he plays similarly. Like he'll attack the quarterback. He'll sometimes be in coverage, but for the most part, he just like wants to be like a glorified linebacker.
0: Yes. Cause then you, you look and Jeff Driscoll torches him for two touchdowns. Yep.
1: Uh, against with some guy named David Bell.
0: Correct. The bread's manager.
1: It yes, was Reds manager, David Bell.
0: Exactly. Ca- caught passes from Bengals legend, Jeff Driscoll two of yeah, them
1: Bengals Lager, and,
0: and beat be Dax Hill. Like that, that, that to me is my big concern about, about Dax Hill in the future. And that's where I, this explosive play, because I think it really goes three levels. Uh, you know, the defensive line, I, yeah. other than Trey Hendrickson and, you know, DJ reader was a disappointment. I think it's safe to say, you know, BJ Hill. Okay. You're Sam Hubbard. I, I it, it's Sam Hubbard is such a polarizing figure. Because for one, fans love him because he's a Buckeye. And two, he's from Cincinnati. So you have the group of fans that Sam Hubbard could do no wrong. And he's one of the longest tenured Bengals. Correct. And then you have the fans that are probably too critical of him because they want to be critical of him for that exact reason. Like, I, I think you've got that. So because of that, you read Sam Hubbard's things, and you're like, oh, my God, is is Sam Hubbard actually T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett? And then you read someone else to be like, is T.J. Watt actually, like, Wallace Gilberry of today?
1: Like, is There's that a, what
0: it is? The, so I to those out there. Are time, like, there have
1: been a couple of nights where Sam and I will just text each other random old Tangles players.
0: Yes. Bowie Vakapuna, like, just yeah. start... Dude uh what's that fullback? L-
1: Dude, Lorenzo
0: Neal. Oh yes. Well, I've got my sign that one of these days I'll hang up that has Jeremy Johnson's name on it. Oh that uh, my my favorite Bengal of all time. You said Jeremy Johnson? Oh yeah, my favorite Bengal of all time. Do you not know this story? No. Jeremy Johnson was my next-door neighbor growing up. Really? Yes, so this sign Oh I've never, so I'm a hilltopper, you know, Western Kentucky. Yep. This is a sign that used to hang in the WKU locker room. That is every Western Kentucky player that has ever played for the Bengals. Oh, that's because so I know a, uh, I know one of their managers and he's like, would you like this? And I was like, absolutely. I would like this. <laughs> and beca- especially because cool Jeremy Johnson. Oh yeah. I got I gotta such hang a it cool up. Relic,
1: What's please, up Travis? Please.
0: Locked in here and listening with us. Uh, yeah. Was it a player disappointment or was it play calling disappointment? Bengals show no creativity on defense. Trey sits on the right side all game long. Ever what wonder could could happen if they move Trey around? Now that could be a scheme, and that's kind of where, as we were talking about a few minutes ago, Alex with, was yeah. the Lou thing is 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 his scheme maybe getting exposed a little bit, and that's why teams aren't as interested in it.
1: I think people know. I think, and I've been criticized for saying this a little bit because, like, we love Trey Hendrickson. I love Trey Hendrickson as a Bengal, but I think every team knows what Trey Hendrickson's mo is. Trey Hendrickson's mo is get to the backfield, sack the quarterback. That's all he does. And granted, he does it a lot, and he's very and he's really good at it. it. But it's like it's gotten to the point where Trey is like. He's kind of a one-trick pony. Granted, the trick is very good, and it's very critical at times. I think he only had, like, 40 total tackles on the year.
0: And almost half of them were sacks.
1: Yes. Same as T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt had, like, I'd say, like, 15 more tackles, if I'm not mistaken.
0: T.J. Watt, too, one of the things that he does a little bit better, too, is, you know, batted passes and, you know, yeah. He gets more of those plays where Trey Hendrickson really, he, he doesn't get much, many batted passes and so on. Like I'm just yeah, going also, off of memory. He's, I don't know. It's just different kind of player with it as well. And different kind of way well, that they play.
1: Well, Hendrickson had uh, 17 and a half sacks and I think 16 tackles for loss as well.
0: Correct. So, I mean, he, yeah. he played a, he had a great season. He was one of the main things. Let's move on to our next big question yes. of the off season. Because I think we talked about explosiveness, giving up on defense. But to me, maybe even more important is how can the Cincinnati Bengals offense become more explosive? Because I think if we're being honest, the Bengals offense is slow.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is you have to have everyone return to being fully healthy. Because, like, I love the thunder and lightning with Mixon and Chase Brown. And I hope Mixon keeps the Thunder roll granted for however long he'll be there. I hope Chase Brown kind of recovers the Lightning roll, where it's like he's just like the, the change of pace back who could bust out a 60 yard touchdown. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, he'll get the Thunder and Lightning, like the, the Lightning roll of like, um, oh, I'll just bust out a huge run every now and then, just kind of like what Zeke and Tony Pollard did in. Dallas when they were a tandem. So I think that's one thing. Another thing uh, you just got to get burrow healthy. You got to get burrow back. You got to get Jamar and T to be kind of like the one and one and one, a receiver. Cause like when they were all healthy and playing together consistently, they were one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. So I think the big key is getting all of those players healthy.
0: To me, I think it's, it's, it's a couple of points. Uh, for me, one, I know you mentioned Joe Mixon, but I, I think for the Bengals' offense becoming more explosive, the Joe Mixon era needs to be over
1: as a Bengal. I love Joe in Mixon. His days are numbered.
0: Yes, and, and I think you need somebody new in that realm. Now, who is that? I'll be honest, I don't know that I necessarily know who that is right now. Now, I, I think your best option would be to try and find one of those free agents out there. Is it Zach Moss you know, from Indianapolis or so on? You know, I'm not convinced that, he's a in, starter. In that realm, but, but that's kind of what you're, you're wanting to see is, is he a starter? Is it worth trying to? Because he's a sure a lot more uh, explosive than Joe Mixon. Then I think what I'd also like to see is, is, if we're being honest, I love Tyler Boyd. He's done as a bangle. I think we can all probably yep. agree that. But they need more explosion out of the slot position because Tyler yep. Boyd lost a step. This year, I think, you know, I think it's uh, absolutely uh, I was the truth that he lost a step and it needs to be a little bit better and quicker. I would love to just see the Bengals pick up a guy like a Tutu Atwell or get or in the draft. A, you know, one of those guys who's literally almost a, a gadget wide receiver. I don't know is the right terminology for it. Okay. But to where he's lightning fast and he's a playmaker. Yes, Jamar Chase is a playmaker. But I think having a guy like that could take this offense to another level and could bring some of that explosiveness that I would not see. Uh, Megan I mean, brings up I'm, the point of Brock Bowers in the draft, too. Now, listen, if, if you told me the Bengals could take Brock Bowers, at if he's there at 18, uh, I'm running to the podium. Yeah, oh, with, without question. He just won't be there at 18.
1: There's no way. Uh, he's been a name that's been brought up a lot. He was. I think people still have in their minds because, like, we he was brought up as um, uh, he was brought up as a guy that we thought we were going to draft when we thought we were going to have like the eleventh pick or like the twelfth pick or something like that. I feel like Megan and Tim are just kind of talking to each other in the comments. (laughs) Um, But I'm looking at the uh, the free agent list here. A name that jumps out at me. I really like. I mean, like this is just. I mean, he's going to cost a lot of money, and if they if his team doesn't keep him, I think Josh Jacobs is a possibility.
0: I know Mick and I. I think it was Mick and I had the conversation to a couple of weeks ago. Is is Saquon, and I, you know, like is, is he in that realm of you know? He is going to want so much money. Yes, so would Josh Jacobs probably?
1: Yeah, I think Saquon's going to want because like saquon was a second overall pick
0: yeah and i listen i i, I i'm not saying the saquon deal is something that i'm yeah. going to get on my chair and vouch for i i yeah. think you're more you would i would much rather see a guy and, and i'm just saying zach moss as an example zach moss price range you know where you're going to get in that five to seven mil range or something Maybe a step above what you would classify as a bargain running back, but I don't think this team, I I don't think really any team should be spending as much as Saquon or Josh Jacobs is really going to be wanting
1: Uh, a name that jumps out at me. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, What would you think of
0: Deandre Swift? He's one that Bengals fans kind of had an eye on last year. He had a pretty decent season with Philadelphia uh, to the point where the Eagles might want him back.
1: Yeah, I mean and, they they were they regressed the went like they, they might have to move on from their offensive coordinator. I mean, Matt Patricia just needs to be needs to be launched into the sun at this point.
0: <laughs> How can you give up on on Mixon already? Look what he's done for us this year and some years in the past. Tim, I, listen, I love Joe Mixon. He's done a great thing, but he's 27, which by the way, be... as a
1: 31-year-old man, um you suck for saying that.
0: Listen, I'll be twenty-seven in two months, so I could be the same. I know Joe Mixon and I are about the same age, but he, he is in what his this will be his seventh year in the NFL. It's going to be his eighth. It's
1: he's going to be coming on his eighth season in the league, I believe. And running backs it, age like milk, correct?
0: Which yes, which means that in that realm, he's a you know thirty-six year old running back. It's kind of in that realm of a as far as he's old. He's taken a lot of hits. He's taken the, the thing. And, you know, has he proven to be a third down back? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just I feel think like she, I think there are Brown's better third down back. I just feel like there's better options to Joe Mixon. And this is coming as somebody who loves, you know, I, he's done a great great things for the Bengals. I just think that there are better options out there than yeah. Joe Mixon. Uh, now, if That's you correct. told me Joe Mixon, <laughs> I'm 50, just put me to sleep then. Sorry, Tim. We'll be uh, how about let's move on to the next question here on our line. Yes. Uh, in fact, line, speaking of line, Megan, you brought it up a few minutes ago. Alex, what happens on the Bengals offensive line? Uh, because to um, me, I think you've got three spots on that line that are going to be starting barring injury week one. Guaranteed. That's left tackle Orlando Brown Jr., center Cordell Ted Bulls. Harris. Or not, not right Bullson. guard, Right guard at uh, Alex Kappa. And I think They're left guard Cordell Bolson. I think is probably like an eighty-five percent chance he's going to be the starter. Yeah, but then obviously right tackle, it could be anybody. It could be you. Who knows? Shit, I gotta, I gotta bulk up. <laughs> I mean, it uh, might be Mick. I, maybe that's why he's not here today. Maybe he's, maybe that's what he's doing. He's been saying he's, he's been ready trying for to draft take today. some
1: tests. Yeah, he's skipping out on the ball game, getting ready for the combine.
0: He's going to be the first NKU player ever drafted. Oh
1: wow. Hey, I went to NKU for a couple of years. So did he. I call it Northern Concrete University.
0: That is accurate.
1: But I think, so the name we haven't said yet, obviously, is Jonah Williams. I like Jonah. I think he's gone. I think he is departing going into 2024. I don't know who he'll sign with. Again, I have no ties to anyone whatsoever. But I think the draft is a possible way – because, like, we need to get younger on the offensive line because, like, the Bengals, they their only player on a rookie contract on the offensive line is Cordell Holson. So I think with – I think we do need to get younger on the offensive line. I think Jonah leaving is not the worst thing. I don't hate Jonah. I think he's a good football player. I think he got us through a lot of hard times. But I don't think – I think he's kind of mentally checked out of Cincinnati as well.
0: Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, and I think really the Bengals have to make a decision and it's, do you want Jonah Williams next year or do you want T Higgins next year? I don't think there's and a, I don't think there's a world where you have both.
1: There no way. And I would take uh, I would take uh, Higgins over Jonah Williams. 10 times out of 10.
0: I agree. Now the question is, and you mentioned the draft and this, uh, we're going to kind of touch on the draft because that's going to be our next question that we're going to talk about. But is, you know, do the Bengals roll the dice and and make a pick in the draft of getting somebody that they hope will be the starter at right tackle, you know, in round one or round two? Or do they look to free agency and try and grab a, you know, that next tier down of a solid right tackle out there? Because that's going to be one of the biggest questions of the offseason, I think.
1: I think – and correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like a lot of offensive line prospects, like the best ones are usually left tackles. So asking a left tackle to move over to the right tackle, like like a surefire left tackle moving over to the right tackle, that's like kind of a big ask, especially in year one. Because I remember um, like Penae Sewell was uh, – I think he was a left tackle coming out of college. And then – It's like there was like a transitional period, but like he moved over to right tackle and now he's like one of the best right tackles in the league.
0: So here's the thing with that though, is there's actually quite a few right tackles that should hit the Bengals in that realm. Uh, Talise Fuaga, he's a name from Oregon state. Uh, PFF loves this guy. If if you're into PFF grades, they love Fuaga. They're from Oregon state. He would be in that right tackle realm. And then Amarius Mims He's a guy from Georgia, Georgia guy. that has played some right tackle as well, and then J.C. Latham as well. That, I believe Scott, has that a size bit, scares me a little bit of right right tackle, and, and that's kind of the question. You know, J.C. Latham 6'6", 335. Bengal fans, that, Bengals have wanted though to pick, or uh, you know, Zach Taylor is wanting big physical maulers of offensive linemen. He wants "quote unquote" glass eaters. I'm
1: kind of using Makai Becton as a cautionary tale for this. Uh, who's the kid out of Michigan that's allowed zero sacks? Yeah.
0: Honestly, I'm not entirely sure on that. But uh, let, let's just let's let's transfer and kind of merge these two points while you make yours yes. into what what will happen at pick number eighteen? Because I think it's it's interesting. There there is a multitude of things that could happen. Yes. Um, I, I think, well,
1: like I said, Latham's, Latham's size makes me nervous. Cause like I said, Mackay Becton's kind of a cautionary tale. I think he's like, well, like Mackay Becton was like, he was wowed by the scout or he was just like, scouts would be wowed by him because he was like, just this massive man. But are, if, um, please do Tim. Um, are you like, sometimes I wonder like, is he too big to be a consistent NFL player? Are you too big to like, is, like, can TJ Watt just like zigzag around you because TJ Watt's fast? Like, can JC Latham pick up or like keep up with like the speedy edge rushers? Can he pick, can he, is he quick enough to pick up or catch up with linebackers? Like, is with his size, if he's got a guy, he's got a guy. But with that size, I'm, I'm worried that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's great, but, um, I have to look at how big Mims is.
0: But... So the big thing with Mims is health. He's oh, struggled to yeah. stay healthy during his time. He's one of those that if he's healthy, he's graded out really well. But yep. that big thing is is if he's healthy. And the question is, is, can the Bengals afford to roll the dice on a guy at 18 who could be great or could be a bust because he can't stay healthy? Now, it I it will say that, you know, no. And, and here's one of the biggest things, though, is you think about offensive linemen the Bengals have drafted that had a lot of injury worries and every had injury problems in college, but everyone said they shouldn't have drafted, but they still did. Who does that sound like, though? Anthony Munoz. And again, I am not trying to compare Mims to Anthony Munoz, but there are scenarios where the injuries, you know, go away in in a realm. You, you don't know. Uh, there, there's no way to necessarily predict what could happen with a guy yeah. like that in, in that realm for me though, at 18, I think, you know, offensive line is a, is a definite potential. And I think more than likely yep. you're going to see right tackle be the pick there. Uh, yep. And then I think you also can see interior defensive line, potentially yep. edge. I'd be a little bit more surprised to see edge, but I yeah, think interior defensive line, last year, correct. I think interior defensive line is an option uh, wide receiver. I think could potentially be there if a guy like Adunze falls. I love
1: Romeo Adunze a lot.
0: He's great. If he's there, and I kind of put in wide receiver and tight end in that same like, if one of those top guys like Brock Bowers or Adunze or you know Keon Coleman from Florida State, if they're there at eighteen, it wouldn't shock me. And then it also wouldn't necessarily blow me away if they go secondary. Now. I I'd be surprised, but also if one of those top guys falls, I mean, you can never have too many cornerbacks.
1: Yes. Correct. And that's why I'm worried. Like if Cheeto goes, he's one of the only veterans in that secondary. If Mike Hilton goes, he's it's like him and Mike Hilton are like the main veterans in that secondary. Yeah. and, and um, That's
0: why I think it, it'll be interesting with pick 18. And cause I don't know that there's a, you know, I think last, the past two years, especially though last year, Bengals fans really could go in saying, we need best player available at pick 30, 30 or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know that they can afford to go best player available necessarily because I do think there are some needs. Yeah, But I think, yep. ironically enough, the best player available, I think, will be fitting needs for the Bengals there at 18, just how it should slot out.
1: Because this is a, this is like, this is just like 2021 where the Bengals picked a five. They have a they, 2021 was a quarterback heavy class and the Bengals don't have a quarterback mean. This again is a very quarterback heavy class with like Caleb Williams, Drake. May- I mean, they're going to be gone one too, regardless, but like you have like your wild cards, like your Bo Nix, your Jay, your Jane Daniels, your J- JJ McCarthy, uh, Michael Penix. I heard a great take about JJ McCarthy on, um, you know who Benchwarmer Bran is? No. he's uh, I'll have to send you some of his videos. He does like um, like some shorts. He does like this thing every week called Bus, Fantasy Football Bus Anonymous. Where it's like a comedy video. Ba- he like acts as if he's players that had bad weeks in fantasy football. It's very fun. But, like he has a podcast. It's like a fantasy football podcast. His co-host had a great take on J.J. McCarthy that I kind of used a couple times. JJ um, McCarthy is going to get a GM fired.
0: Yeah. No, I I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I mean, he hasn't. She's been able to lean on guys like Blake Corum and so on at Michigan throughout the years. And this is coming as somebody who's neither a Michigan nor an Ohio State fan. So it's not like I'm Same. saying this as, as a you know, oh, you're just a Buckeye. No, I'm not.
1: I nope. am definitely not. I have no.
0: Uh, you can. My family's Ohio can see it State above fans, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the, the Kentucky guy on this. Uh, what I mean, see, free yeah. agent is the most important to re-sign? Now, let's go tier down. And by that, yeah, I mean, not let's read take or not T, cheap. like, let's take T, even like Tyler Boyd, the main guys. To me, I want to go that next tier down, who is the most important guy to re-sign? Because to me, I've got an obvious answer. And, and it's uh, a guy that I think... People would have if we would have been saying this a year ago, they would have killed us. But it's Drew Sample. That's who I was thinking too.
1: Because he is like, especially if you lose Jonah Williams, um, Ray, Ray Davis. Who is that? Um, I'm not UK's even, running back.
0: Cool. He led the SEC and run in rushing last year.
1: There you go. Um, but like, if you lose Williams on the right side of that line, you're gonna need block. Like, you're gonna need blockers. And Drew Sample. I mean, people. People talk smack about him because he was a second-round pick. Yes, he has not lived up to his second-round potential. However, he is a legitimately good blocking tight end, and he can occasionally – yes, we know. Um, But he is a good blocking tight end, and he can occasionally make a pretty good catch. So I think with having Hudson at the top spot in the tight end depth chart, sample second, I don't think that's bad.
0: I don't know that Hudson at the top of the depth chart necessarily excites me as much for next year. That can be a discussion standpoint. Correct. I I think, you know, Tanner Hudson, if he's your third guy, you're feeling pretty good or you're because I think Drew Sample and Tanner Hudson are kind of like the, they're about the same level as far as, you know, Drew Sample's not going to scare you in the receiving realm, just like Tanner Hudson's not going to scare you as a blocking tight end. So I think, you know, almost need like, you need your number one, to be the love child of Tanner Hudson and Drew Sample. But I think Drew Sample to me is the most important free agent for the Bengals to re-sign, hopefully yeah. to a two-year deal. And plus, the man's earned it. He's played yeah. really well. And even when you think back to last year, the offense did lose just a little bit of a step without him out there. I I think yeah. they kind of realized his importance as uh, that blocking tight end for the Bengals.
1: And also, like, you're not going to be spending a ton of money to keep him. It's probably going to be like, Something in the neighborhood. Uh, Trevor Keegan out of Michigan, three hundred sixty pass box snaps, zero sacks, one QB hit allowed. Which, how dare you let JJ McCarthy get hit? He's I'll have ready. to Tim.
0: Let me let me do some reading into that, and that'll be we're gonna have Mick and I are both draft nerds.
1: Oh, so I'm also absolutely a draft
0: nerd. yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have, and I know we've had some, we're, we're we're we have some plans on some things that we're wanting to do. So we're let me uh, re- do some reading into good old Trevor Keegan. And we'll talk more about him over these next couple of weeks. Yeah,
1: I'm looking into him right now. But uh, what was your – you said, so the most important to retain. Sample is definitely on that list. Another guy that I think is going to be important to retain for depth mainly is Max Sharping.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say Irv Smith. Sorry.
1: Nope. Uh, I think Sharping is a good guy to retain for depth purposes.
0: Interesting. I I think – Cody Ford is more of the option when you're talking about that, because if you saw when they brought in extra offensive linemen this year it was Cody Ford. First one off the bench was Cody yeah. Ford. He kind of jumped ahead of Max Sharping in that realm, but Max Sharping, the one thing that he does offer is center versatility. He can play yes, center. And he, that, that, yeah. that is a worry for the Bengals. And I think one of the things that they're going to have to look at in the draft is finding a guy who could potentially be the center of the future because they're an injury to Ted Karras away from being screwed because I have yep. that much faith in Trey Hill. I would trust, uh, I would trust Mick over Trey Hill.
1: <laughs> uh, we, we all love, we all love his girlfriend too. She's fun. And I first time I saw that video on TikTok, I was like, "Man, do they hate each other?" Nope, that's just a bit they do. It's just so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump on to uh, our eighth question here of the off season: Who is a dark horse candidate <laughs> to be cut? Potentially for the Bengals. And I've got one what? here. I got two. Okay. You bring one, you... I'll bring one, you bring one. Let's do that.
1: My first one is my logical choice. My second one is my pipe dream, and I think you, you're you going to know who my pipe dream is.
0: Okay, um, I know who your pipe dream is. I, I... You know who my pipe dream is. Is your dream pipe is. dream an offensive lineman? Yes, it is. Is he a Cincinnati native, too? Yes, he is a Cincinnati native. Sam um, Hubbard
1: Yes. Um, I think realistically, uh, no, not Trent Merwin. Um Realistically, Chris Evans. Because you have See, Mixon, I- Mixon at one on the depth chart. Mixon at one, Chase Brown at two, Travion Williams at three, and you use Travion Williams for special teams.
0: Wh- where is there room for Chris Evans? There's not. And I think Chris Evans in, in a lot of realms – I don't even know that I necessarily count him there uh, because I think yeah, he's he been a healthy scratch win, for
1: a lot of the season.
0: Correct. You, you want to know mine here? Yes. BJ Hill. Re, uh, he is making a ton of money. Here's the thing right with now. BJ Hill. If they would <gasps> cut him, they'd have to take 3.3 in dead money, which they don't like to do, but it would save seven and a half mil for the cap. That's a lot. That's a lot of money for a guy that hasn't necessarily lived up. I mean, he, and part of that, I think, is he's he is good when he has somebody to rotate with. When he had Larry Ogunjobi, he had a great season. He needs that second guy. They were hoping that that would be Zach Carter, but obviously Zach Carter has not lived up to that hype at all. Yeah. But I think to Here's me, B.J. Hill, pick? yes, yes. From Florida, yeah, and he just yeah. hasn't lived up to that hype at all. So that's why I think BJ Hill could be a dark horse candidate to be cut, especially if they sign big. Like I don't expect them to sign Chris Jones. No. I'd be surprised. Now, if you told me, like, if if they if we we're doing an emergency podcast here in two months because the Bengals sign Chris Jones, I'm probably going to be really excited because that excites me because he is a a game wrecker on the <laughs> defensive line. But I don't expect that to happen. But if it does happen, then I think you're telling B.J. Hill, "Thanks, we appreciate you, but
1: we can't we appreciate afford to your you service. Go. You gotta go." Correct. Um, may I? Uh, yours is B.J. Hill. Mine's Chris Evans. I think, and kind of genu- I think they just let him run out of his contract. But and you, you know my grievances with Jackson Carmen, both on and off the field. But like. May I expand on those a little bit? Go for it. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go too in depth. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I think everybody knows,
0: can, can read into.
1: He's making like 2 million. <laughs> He'd be happier than a pig and slop if we signed Jones. Yeah. Anytime you get like a marquee free agent. Yeah. You're <laughs> going to be thrilled. But Carmen makes like almost $2 million a year. And he, like – it's like if you're watching um, – I remember I used to watch UC basketball as I was a kid, and near the end of the game, Bob Huggins would just, like, throw in five bench players, just, like, get them some playing time. You're getting one of those – you're paying one of those bench players nearly $2 million in a year just to sit on the bench and not even have, like, a, a legitimate real impact. I yeah. think, Jack – I genuinely think
0: Carmen's days are numbered as a Bengal. But I, I, honestly, I'm surprised that it's made it this far. But I think part of that reason is is that they've done a terrible job at drafting replacements and, yeah. and getting those depths because guys like uh, Deontay Smith haven't haven't come up to be anything. Trey Hill hasn't been to do anything. So I think that is going to be an important thing for this offseason. Let's try and hit through these last two really quick because I know we want to talk about the uh, the playoffs really quick and then we gotta we gotta yep. get ourselves uh, out of here too. as we're we're already, we're already almost at an hour. We've had a lot of good conversation. Uh, yeah, could we see another surprise signing like Orlando Brown Jr. last season? And if so, what position would it be at? My The, the well, name to, to I me, told... To me with this, and let me, let me add to this a little bit, is you can't say this and say right tackle because I, I don't think that would be a shocking signing if they sign a great right tackle. To yeah. me, this is a position group that you would be surprised to see them address, but it will make sense in the long run, hence the OBJ signing last year. The name that
1: that keeps popping up in my head, I, he's a free agent going into this year. The name that keeps popping up in my head is Buddha Baker.
0: Safety to me is is kind of where I was thinking as well.
1: And I could be way off base here, but Buddha Baker is like, he's kind of that like. He's kind of what the Bengals wanted Dax Hill to be. You think it's a corner? Let's see who the free agent corner... I mean, there's going to be some... To me,
0: I there's- think that they're going to sign a corner regardless. Because I think that... I, I think you're going to see this year's Cheeto Owusie, Meaning yes. that they're going to try and find that guy, get him on a three-year deal that is going to cost, you know, about six to seven mil a year. Not going to be expensive. He's going to be Chio's replacement. That's what they're going to be looking at.
1: at least uh, that's my prediction
0: when it comes to that.
1: Uh, would you consider C.J. Henderson out of Carolina? Um, I'm looking at the list right now. I mean, you could bet on potential with Jeff Okuda, but I'm not really feeling that when he was kind of a draft
0: bust. Correct. And, and that would be the question. Is Would they take a risk on a guy like that? Uh, I mean, they do like taking corners who struggled out of Ohio State, right? That were high draft picks.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, I think I've told you this before. My least favorite selling point for a football player or any athlete whatsoever, or regardless, is when they were drafted. That's the worst selling point to an ad, for an athlete for me. Because like they're saying like, hey, this guy was good. We thought this guy could be good three years ago. Because I remember when the Cowboys signed Billy Price this year, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted, like, he was a first-round pick in 2018. That was the first thing he brought up. It, it just, it just He was doomed.
0: And the only reason that Billy Price was a first-round pick was because the Lions picked uh, Frank, Frank Ragnall, Ragnall. The, pick by, yep. the pick before. I was thinking That's about that. That's the only reason. The only was, reason. Because if not, the Bengals would have snagged him and just think we would have had our center for it. And I, yeah, Megan's right. Purdy shows that it doesn't matter. Tom Brady... Pick one ninety nine. I mean, we there's there's plenty of examples with that.
1: The most valuable thing you can have in the NFL as a franchise is a great quarterback on a rookie deal. That's the most valuable thing you can have. And Purdy's making like sixteen dollars an hour in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, so I think he does pretty much to- make just as much as the local McDonald's worker.
1: Yeah, he, like that's why you're able to have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Fred Warner, Tred Williams. It's just this insane we know. He was very disappointing.
0: How about our final question here, Alex? Okay. Can the Bengals get back this offseason? Can they, can can they, they make the moves <clears throat> to be back? And I think to be back, I'm going to leave open to your interpretation as to how you want to read that.
1: Um. <clears throat> so like I said earlier, the Bengals have the sixth most cap space in the NFL going into this offseason. They have $68 million to spend. They can re-sign DJ Reader. They can re-sign. They might even be able to extend. Maybe then. Like, with Burroughs' contract, who knows? Because, like, it's his fifth-year option going into this year. And then his salary doubles going into the following year. So, they have a lot of money to play with right now. I think they re-sign Reader. I think they franchise Tag T. And I think they go out and... Really fill other holes. I think they fill Boyd's uh, position in the draft. Like I think they, I think they replace Tyler Boyd in the draft. That's my bold prediction. And yes, I think. Sorry, I've just been going on a tangent here. But to answer your question, yes, I think they can return to. I mean, they can absolutely return to form because when they showed when Burrow, T, and Chase Royal healthy, they were unstoppable. They went in to San Francisco and mauled them.
0: And that team might very well could win the Super Bowl.
1: Yes, we hope. I mean, I've been yes. waiting for a ring for my entire life in multiple contexts and um uh well, let's be right. me I mean, both, one bro. might
0: come sooner rather than the other, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um uh, but yeah, I think uh I think the Bengals can return to form.
0: I think to me the biggest thing with it is I, I don't care what we need to do. If we need to sacrifice somebody, then we can find somebody to sacrifice. Get Joe Burrow a healthy training camp. Yep. Like, like, like. What do we need to do? Wrap the man in bubble wrap. Like, uh, put him on the the Aaron Rodgers. Like, what? What is what he? I take? Like the, yes. I, I don't care what it takes. But to me, that almost in a lot of realms, the offseason doesn't necessarily matter if that happened, Like, if something happens again to Burrow, because it's honestly been wild. The calf, the appendix, <sighs> COVID. The ACL it is just wild when it when it comes so, to all of that it, it throat contusion like the, the man just can't stay healthy but it's been all flukes which is a wild thing but like I know I've told you and I've told Mick this same thing this offseason for the Cincinnati Bengals is the most important offseason in years yeah because I think it will make or break the future of the franchise
1: and it's gonna it's it's I think like Burrow is saying, like, his Super Bowl windows his entire career, which up to this point, maybe. Who knows? But it does make me nervous, like, going into, like, his super super making a ton of money. Like, what's going to happen? And Chase is going to want a huge bag, too. So it's like, if you're spending $85 million on two players for, like, a good four years, it's like, what what are you going to do after that? So it does worry me, but next, like next year in particular, I'm like, you're right. It is a critical off season, especially with like with Williams leaving, with Boyd potentially leaving, with the Wozier potentially leaving. It's critical that the Bengals, like I said, they have a lot of money to play with, so they can make they can go all in and make insanely huge moves.
0: I mean, like if you think about it this way, I mean, there's the chance that you only have just a couple of starters from the Super Bowl on the team next year. Yeah. Which is nuts. I mean, because cool. you look at it, that under contract next year from that Super Bowl, your starters, Joe Burrow, I guess technically Joe Mixon, but you could see Joe Mixon potentially not being on the team. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins technically is under contract, so he's not technically on this yep. list. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, B.J. Hill. And then Logan I guess your Wilson. linebackers, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. But I mean, you you have a lot of changes that could potentially come with this team over these next couple of years, and yep. I think this offseason is crucial.
1: Yep, and I, I'm very excited to see how it plays out, and I'm eager as hell to I'm eager as hell to see it play out because I'm just right. I mean, I'm just sitting watching the playoffs, and granted, made a little money, thank God. Um, but we're just gonna be wait. We have two months to wait for free agency, and I'm very excited for free agency.
0: I can't wait, to! It's going to be really fun. Speaking of the playoffs, how about we make some picks here on these playoff games on Saturday and Sunday? Yes, Mike Hilton, too. He was also a starter on that Super Bowl team. He's the only guy yes, from the secondary that uh, returns as a starter from that game. Let's just go through these games, and Maybe we will OGA make too. our pick. But he's technically a free agent, so he's not on this list yes. as well, because yes. if we aren't going to count T and DJ and all of them. Houston yes. at Baltimore, Alex.
1: I... I think Baltimore is too good right now, which I mean, I, fans, I am intrigued
0: that you know Baltimore hasn't played in two weeks, you know, because the, they didn't play this past week and then really didn't play the week prior. Yeah, they. Does that have of an of impact? Artists. And 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 I don't know. Now I think Houston's playing well. If this though was Houston and they had Tank Dell, and they had you know were fully healthy. Yeah. I would be strongly considering picking Houston because I know a lot of people have compared Houston to the twenty twenty one Bengals. In that realm,
1: I think the main. But I'm still picking the the Ravens. I think um, yes, I, I do. I love CJ Stroud. Which, by the way, you want to know my b- bad take going into this year? I was wildly unsold on CJ Stroud. I, I was and well. I was. I ate my words almost immediately. Um well I think the, the difference between the Texans this year and the Bengals from three years ago or from two years ago, Texans the Texans offensive line's way better.
0: Yes. But it's hard to be worse. True. <laughs> but
1: um you hate Louisville and the Ravens. Sorry, Jackson. Fair. Yes, um, no,
0: I'm 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 with you there. I'm with you there, man. Oh yeah,
1: especially as a I'm UK not- guy.
0: Yeah, I'm not cheering for Baltimore at all. I'll be cheering for the Texans, but I think Baltimore wins.
1: I think Baltimore wins as well. I think their defense is too good. I think Lamar Jackson's a game breaker. Um I think yeah, I think I think there's a lot of weaknesses in Texans in the Texans defense, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I Kansas think uh City
0: and Patrick Mahomes travel to Buffalo. Patrick no, Williams' uh, first oh, true road game in the playoff. First road playoff game. Not counting the Super Bowl, technically, that he did kind of play on the road in Tampa during COVID, but it, that, that technically isn't a road game, if you ask the um, NFL, even though it that was is, at Tampa. Oh. I'm
1: tempted to pick Buffalo.
0: I, I am. I... I if, that might just be because I really don't want the Chiefs to win. But then again, it's so hard to predict against Mahomes. But I think the fact that this game is in Buffalo is why I'm picking the Bills. That's not even why I'm picking the Bills. The Bills are shit
1: hot right now.
0: Sean McDermott is
1: 6-0 since he said he supports Al-Qaeda. <laughs> since he, you, you remember when that came out? Yes, yes. That was ridiculous.
0: Well, no, know, and um, we had some story that we were talking about today on our morning radio show that apparently there's some fans that think since Josh Allen has appeared in, a, in an ad with Peppa Pig that apparently they haven't lost a game. So some people think it's all Peppa Pig. And as I, I said, well, be part- that's better than 9-11. So that's, it also could be partially Haley Steinfeld. Who knows? It could be just a mix of, of everything. So you're picking the Bills.
1: I am... I think the Bills can win this game. I think as long as they control, I don't get to listen she's to talking, you all anymore.
0: She's talking about our morning show here on, uh, Megan ah, lives locally okay. down here with me.
1: Nice. Um, I think uh, the Chiefs, have been they've been a lot weaker of a team this year. So I think if Allen kind of does what he did against Pittsburgh, I legitimately think Buffalo can win. I'm not saying that. As I'm a Bengals guy, the Chiefs can win. I don't, I never want to fully count against Patrick Mahomes as much Correct. as I want to, but, um, which Mike, uh, or guess, since we're talking about Patrick Mahomes right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I know we don't need the Swifties to come after us. Green Bay travels to San Francisco. Can the Packers pull off a second straight upset?
1: No, I, I'm, I don't think so either. I think Jordan Love has been very good this year. I think he's, I think he's been kind of the, one of the most – he's probably been the most surprising quarterback in the league because Green Bay traded up to get him, and it was a move that was universally just hated throughout the entire league. But I think, I think San Francisco is just too loaded as a team.
0: Tim, I work for a radio station in western Kentucky – K105.com. If you really want to listen to us, talk about Grayson County things. It's, it's fascinating, uh, making Grayson County things. Yes, it's great. We get to talk about all kinds of. You get to hear me talk about the Cougars as far as football.: Ooh. I agree those San Francisco wins. Tampa Bay and Detroit. I do.: enjoy Interesting the game.: Anyway, interesting um, game. I think Tampa um, Bay and Detroit.
1: I think this is going to be the most fun game of the weekend, even considering Agreed. Kansas City Buffalo. It's like because Mahomes and Allen, they're all over the NFL lexicon. They're everywhere. I, well, with this game, it's like, I actually, I mean, as I'm saying this as a Bengal I like Baker Mayfield. I think he got a raw deal in Cleveland. I think he's been a legitimately good starter for the Buccaneers. I think this can be a really good game. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, too.
0: I'm, I'm cheering for the Lions just because I'd love to see the uh, the Lions. I look forward to calling games for, for Carson as well. Uh, Carson is Megan's youngest son. He's, a, he's, he's pretty much the next Jamar oh. Chase. Dude, you'll love to see that. Yes. I mean, he, he, he's tearing it up, uh, playing football. I know she always posts videos of him, and he plays football for the junior pro teams down here. But uh, Detroit's the team I'm cheering for. I know Megan asked who I'm cheering for. I'm cheering for D- Detroit Buffalo. Super Bowl would be my best. I'd also be fine with Detroit, Houston. Yeah. Uh, I just, just, just no Baltimore, no Kansas City. And really any of the NFC teams I'm fine with. Like, I think uh, Baltimore I, or Kansas City, objectively, just boring. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. Kansas
1: City's there again or oh, Baltimore's there again. Yeah. And, and that's why I really would would love. a fun Super Bowl.
0: Correct. Because neither team's won it. You get that Either in way, there, someone's going to win their first title. Exactly. And that's what I'd love to see. And I think Detroit is very – the Lions are very similar to the Bengals. You know, they just broke their drought. It was really cool to see that. I know I have a couple yeah. Lions fans that I know, and it was just messaging them being like, I know exactly how you feel, and it's fantastic. Like, enjoy every single moment. Of, oh, yes.
1: yeah, It was – and also, I'm actually – I mean, it's really pricey, and I'm going to call my friend about this. I'm considering going – because I mean it's pricey as hell, but it's a three and a half hour drive. You should Lions, Ravens, I could see that. I mean, I, I gotta figure out if I had the finances, but um, it like the lowest tickets are like five hundred and seventy five bucks. Yeah. I don't know that I can I, But Bucks Lions, I think the Lions are the better team overall. But the difference is Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. I've been writing about it a little bit for a website I write for. Um, The Bucks and Baker Mayfield in particular, they love, they relish in the role of being the underdog. They do. And the Bucks also have they're uh, they're tied for the best record against the spread in the NFL because the Bucks are a six and a half point underdog. They're twelve and six against the spread. And do you know who else was 12-6 uh, and six against the spread this year? Bengals? Detroit Lions. Mm. The Bucks and Lions are tied for the best record against the spread in the league.
0: Yeah, I, and I think it'll be one of the better games of this weekend. So th- there are our picks there
1: um, Easily for one this of NFL games.
0: playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I that I like that in the NFC games that I'm going to be able to watch and not have any... Like, not, I'm not going to be rooting against anybody. I'm just going to be able to sit there and enjoy the games when I watch them this week. Alex, yep. I, I appreciate you joining us, though. This was fun. Dude,
1: I'd love to come uh, back anytime.
0: Yes, we will definitely have to have you back with Mick. Um, I know we're planning on doing some things in the off season and for draft and so on. We've got some plans in the works yep. uh, that we're going to have to definitely bring you back for. Uh, for and, and I always like this question, and it always comes off as extremely creepy uh, but where can, people, where can people find, you know, where can people find you as far as, you know, on, uh, if you want to promote your, uh, your, uh, comedian? I, I do say uh, I'm
1: literally currently at go bananas comedy club
0: right now. Uh, you can uh, see where, kind
1: of in the distance there.
0: There it is. So if people want to, uh, if they want to hear you do stand up or see you do stand up, do you have any local shows coming up? And then. Uh, you're on social media as well. You have your own podcast. Give, give us your your Alex Schubert spiel.
1: So my Alex Schubert spiel is uh, you can follow me on all social, all social media. Um, I'm at Big Shubes, B I G S C H U B E S on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the all the social platforms. I'm on Facebook a lot. I, I help like Huda Nation is like the main reason I have Facebook. People want to stalk you. Where can they find you? I will. Uh, I gotta go here in a sec. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, so, um, big shoes on all the social platforms. Instagram, I post clips. I'm about to post a clip tomorrow. Uh, I have a local show. Uh, Sam, you're invited uh, if you're one. I'm to make busy a, that day. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, February 25th, I will be at a place in Dayton, Kentucky. It's uh, right across the river from uh cincinnati it's kind of like a little bit from newport it's a place called the commonwealth sanctuary it's kind of like a newer comedy club but it's like about five minute drive from newport on the levee uh it's a cool little spot kind of a hidden spot but it's like a church they converted into a comedy club i'm going to be doing like 15 to 20 minutes there and uh i got shows in. i got a show in columbus next month i'm doing bloomington next month um yeah, it's kind of like got. And you can follow my podcast, Stephanie, with like the Bengals. What we do is we talk about the Bengals, and then we roast their upcoming opponent. It's very fun.
0: Make sure you do all of that, and we appreciate you too for for joining us. I know Mick uh, Mick couldn't join us; he's taking uh, an exam for his CPA license. I know coming up here, so we want to wish him luck as well because he's a nerd like that. Uh, I know he popped on earlier to uh, leave some comments, but we appreciate everyone for joining us today. Make sure you follow us on our social media channels as well. Jungle Juice on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter as well, and uh, on your favorite podcast platform. But Alex, we'll talk to you again soon, and we'll see you next week. Mick will be back. We're talking about the offense. Free agents. We're going to be diving into all of them as well next week for the Cincinnati Bengals, and who knows what else could potentially become. But uh, we'll see you next time on the app on Jungle Juice. So until then, Alex Huday. Kevin Case Faharn. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> drop it there. Houday.
1: <laughs> Houday, brother. I'll see you soon.